Aloha! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tiki Talk. Um, I'm one of your hosts, David Holman. Isabella Giamoni. And I'm Elias Swartz. And we're really excited to have you guys here in the studio. Um, now, obviously, you can't see us, but it is cold outside, and everybody has their hats on, and I am in... I'm, I was freezing today, um, but we wanted to introduce to you um, one another one of these podcasts. Um, this is from HR from Happy Valley, and we just talk about like, hey, what is like human resources in um, hospitality looking like these days? And one of the uh, the things how this podcast is going to go is we're going to talk like I'll introduce to you guys like this idea of like artificial intelligence. And as we go throughout this podcast, we'll be talking about like some things we call it like what's the buzz. Um, it's like some things we found recently on the internet that we thought were cool and interesting we wanted to share with you guys and then we go into what's called our, our hot topic section where we talk go into like the meat, meaty bones of what is artificial intelligence and how it's going to affect um, the hospitality industry so for me I grew up in State College right where Penn State is um, but I love adventuring all over the place um, I'm an adrenaline junkie I will like the closer I am to like having a high like risk of dying like that's where I want to be that's exciting to me um, so skydiving um, skiing down a mountain like anything that's like risk or anything like that that's fun but I love doing that with with friends and like afterwards we'd usually go to like a campfire um, sometimes with like tiki torches um, which is our, our uh, where the inspiration for our our name came from, and like we would just have like this time of just roasting marshmallows and just like enjoying each other's company and presence, and like having that level of of connection, and like that that idea of connection, how it relates to like both life outside of workplace, but more importantly in the workplace, and how AI is interacting with that like nowadays. Um, so that's a little bit about me, Bella. Welcome, welcome to the show. What's going Thank on? Thank you, David. So. I grew up two and a half hours from Penn State in Easton, Pennsylvania. It's a really small town. Um, but besides that, I love to leave that little town, my little circle there, <laughs> and travel all over the world. In the last um, year, I traveled all over Italy. I traveled to Dallas, Miami, Punta Cana, Las Vegas, everywhere. Um, and what's interesting is I've stayed at a lot of hotels there and I've seen all this new like AI you can like check in with like a robot all over the world and I'm just really interested to learn more about the subject. Yeah and what's up man? What's up? <laughs> I'm Eli yeah I, I grew up about an hour east pretty much middle nowhere Pennsylvania from State College um, and you know David you said about that adrenaline Junkie, I'm glad you said it with friends because if you were doing that by yourself, I'd say you're definitely crazy. Yeah. With friends, yeah, okay, I can I can see that. And Bella with the travel, yeah, I have a I have a little bit of mix. I like doing that traveling and I like getting that adrenaline. So like I've gone, I've done like rock climbing and like whitewater rafting in all kinds of countries. I've been to Peru, uh, Costa Rica, and Panama, and you know, in those travels, you can even see the AI like with the apps that you're using to even like book plane tickets or hotels and it's just like crazy how all these different companies are utilizing this AI uh, nowadays. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's just like in the past couple months, it's just exploded. Um, yeah, dude, thank you guys. Really, come on. I'm really excited to talk with you guys about uh, AI and all these other shenanigans. Um, but yeah, so like some of the things you might have realized of just like some of like the, the similarities between all of us is just like this idea of like adventure, of hospitality, of like connection and like that's why we're here to talk about like, that is hospitality in a nutshell it's like all those experiences and ai is man it's like a it's a keyword now and like you don't know what it means or some people do and it's just like a big scary thing and we wanted to 
uh, take a journey with you guys and like figure out what that means for, for our industry. So come along with us on a little ride and we'll talk about some things we've read about recently. Hello everyone and welcome to Here's the Buzz. Um, so I am, in case you've forgotten, I'm David and I'll be, like we're going to do something called like reporting from certain desks. So like all three of us have different topics. For instance, I have the topic of like, oh, something everyone should care about. And Bella, what, what was your topic? Here's something that everyone should think about. Yeah. And I had the desk of, here's something. Look something cool. Something cool. So yeah, so... Um, so I'm going to introduce you to the article I read. Um, I found it online. Um, I thought it was really interesting. So the title is kind of lengthy, but it says psychologists say if you want a happy, successful workforce, design your office with this one feature. Um, this was by a guy named Mick Hobson. He's Inc.com's behavioral science advisor. Um, and like it was like a chunky paper, but like the heart of it, and it was really cool reading this, was just like, hey, they got a group of office workers and they did this experiment. They separated them into a couple groups. Um, the first group, they said, okay, this is your office desk and your cubicle, and this is your task. And then they measured their performance and their happiness. The second group, they gave them a little more freedom, and then they measured their happiness and attitude and, like, productivity. And then the third group, they gave them, like, hey, this is, like, your space. Do whatever the heck you want. And then they measured their happiness, attitude, and, like, their productivity. And one of the interesting things was about this test was, even though, like, sure, there's limitations in the scope and, like, the testing methodology and everything, but like, the heart of it was... The, for the folks who were able to like take ownership in a word of like the place they were working and just like make it their own, um, two things happened. One, they were just like, they had better, they reported like better attitude scores about like the, the place they were in. And also the product, like the task they were assigned to do, they did it faster and more, just like the actual final product was just better quality. Um, and I thought that was interesting because like in my life when I've been in both like managerial positions, but also in like just working on the line. When I've been given like opportunities to be like, hey, this is your space. This is the goal. Whatever you need will support you. But like if you, whatever you need to, you think you need to get there and like giving me that empowerment and that encouragement to do that. Like I felt more positive about my job, my culture, my relationship, but also like the, the work itself just like went it was awesome. It was way better product um, than like if I didn't have that freedom or ownership. Um, yeah, so like I like that. Have you guys like experienced anything like that before? Just like being given ownership of your tasks? Yeah, so definitely just being able to have like uh, your own like free power to do stuff. It's definitely like empowering for the employee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can definitely see where like. Uh, that employ like you know efficiency satisfaction whatever I can definitely see how that's getting lifted um, yeah. I had a question for you actually oh dude awesome <laughs> yes so you were talking about this experiment how do you think HR professionals can like implement like these the different strategies oh. based off this experiment yeah 100% so that's a great question. Awesome. Um, so it's just like HR, like um, the like if we're in HR, like we manage like the the best resource, the most valuable company of resource of the company, which is like other human beings, um, and like having like HR is also in charge of training, and like a lot of these stem from like either bad leadership and management or good leadership and management. So creating like training regimens and policies for those managers to be like, hey, this is like the framework and policy we've noticed in the past, giving your employees 
the empowerment, encouragement, and ownership to do the tasks you give them, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a really effective way to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Any further questions? Oh, my God. <laughs> really good input. Um, yeah. I can hop into my article now. Yeah, uh, yeah so my article is called Starbucks Strength... Yeah, Starbucks Strength... <laughs> Strengthens its support for the U.S. military community. It has been a long day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this article is from July 31st of this year, 2023. So, you know, it's really recent. Um, And pretty much the concept of this article is that Starbucks is giving back to uh, its military veterans. Um, As most people know, the military... uh, Employees like the ones working for the military and their family, they move around quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the average is about two times a year just getting deployed to different places. And, you know, for the person in the military, it can be hard. But for their family who's actually trying to, like, have a career, it's probably almost even harder. Um, and what Starbucks is doing is they're offering a seamless transition between uh, Starbucks for military members coming out of the military and their families where if they are one position in one Starbucks, they're very likely, if not certain, to get that position in another Starbucks to wherever they're relocating. And I think it's just great that Starbucks is uh, just doing this for the military members. Um, not only are they offering this like transition to help with the military member, eh, the family's careers, <laughs> like, you know, just, um, they're also offering counseling to veterans uh, to trans transfer into a more of a civilian role um it can be really hard to go from that military type of lifestyle and then just back into civilian career so they're also offering counseling to help with that yeah that's awesome Dang, that's awesome yeah do you know any like military members who have like you mentioned like yeah they get deployed around and move around a lot do you know like anybody who's just like been in that situation yeah so i currently have a friend he's uh in the military and I know even like when he isn't deployed, he's doing like other jobs, but it's still, and maybe it's just to his liking, but he's still doing like security and like prison guard jobs. And you know, maybe that's for some people, but maybe other people want to take more of a passive role where they don't have to deal with that potential conflict. Yeah. Makes make more some frappuccinos. Yeah. <laughs> Grande. Isn't that venti water? All right, so I'm going to go into something a little not as positive as your guys' articles, and I'm going to be talking about Uber having a sexual assault problem. And how we can solve it is still a little unclear. Um, I got this article from Don Risner, a columnist for Inc.com. So I think all of us here have used Uber before at some point. Um, It's really popular so we don't have to drive. Really expensive. Really expensive. <laughs> it takes a lot of my money per year. Yeah. But <laughs> um, unfortunately, Uber reported more than 6,000 sexual assault cases um, in the past two years, mm. which is crazy. And what they tried to do was cover it up and say that it wasn't an Uber thing, but it was rather an action of bad people that they can't control. And incidents like this are bound to happen because of all the sexual assault cases in the United States. So I think this is something that we should think about because it shows that a company is unwilling to take responsibility and put the blame on other people, which is not how they should have handled this particular situation. 
So with that being said, Uber has made an effort to make rides safer for the general public by implementing new policies to protect the victims, including emergency responses, sexual misconduct education for drivers, and a new partnership with the highly respected Raelians organization that aims at improving sexual violence awareness and prevention. So my question is, why haven't these policies already been implemented and what other companies haven't implemented these policies either? I don't think it's necessarily an Uber thing, but an industry thing that needs to be taken more seriously by HR professionals and kind of figuring out what we can do through that. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's like a really like tricky topic to yeah. like talk about cuz it's it's like hard and it's just like man it's like also like you want you need to take it seriously cuz it is a, such a serious matter mm-hmm. um, and then like incorporating that into like policies is is really difficult but it's also just like if Uber like tried covering it up it was like what a bunch of like a holes like that's right. all, <laughs> like we did like we've talked about like bad management it's just like that's like mm-hmm. this is like the big red flag ever yeah I don't know. So it's just like when I don't know for you two guys. Like, have you ever been in like situations where it's just like maybe not on this topic, but like where something bad happened or whatever. But like your manager just tried to like, oh hush hush, it's it's gonna be okay, kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. don't don't worry about it. Yeah, I feel like that is definitely like sexual assault is definitely a big one. But on pretty much like any topic, any bad topic, you'll see like a lot of businesses that instead of owning up to it, trying to fix the problem, maybe they will try and fix it like internally, like but. No, overall, they're trying to deny it, trying to make it seem like there's not a problem going on because they don't right. want that bad p- publicity. Mm-hmm. And like for us, uh, this is beyond the scope of, of this podcast. Um, but if for those of you listening, if any of you guys have like ever like experienced something like this or, or like known somebody just like, hey, you, you matter a lot. And like there's so, so many good resources out there for you to protect yourself and um, to get the help you need. Um, so we're going to transition now into our hot topic segment and um, where we talk about AI and how it affects like hospitality and human resources within hospitality. So we'll see you guys there. Super excited. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> to start learning about AI. Um, I don't know much about it, but I know David knows a little bit about AI. Eli, so-so, right? So-so. <laughs> so I'm, so-so. I'm just going to get kind of their perspectives here. So David and Eli are going to play some good cop, bad cop here. Yep, so David is going to talk about all those great things that AI can be, all those positive things. And then Eli is going to talk more about the risks and what we need to be careful about when using AI, because there are some risks, even though it's a cool thing. So, yeah, absolutely. my first question for you guys is, what does AI, what uses does AI have in the hospitality industry? Yeah, absolutely. So, before before like we answer that question, we need to be on like, the same page. It's like, hey, what is AI? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, like in essence, AI is just a, it's a computer program, you know? And it learns over time. So if I am designing a computer program to identify an apple, I will send it pictures of an apple and sometimes pictures of not an apple. And then I'll say like, hey, this is an apple, this is not an apple. And I'll just send it and keep on like giving it more and more and more data. So eventually this computer program, when it sees a picture, it will with like relative success say like, hey, this is an apple and or that is not an apple. 
So that is what artificial intelligence is mm -hmm. in a nutshell. It's just a computer program that learns over time with the more data that it that it receives. Um, so if that what if that's what AI is, and like we're in the hospitality industry, right. so different industry is going to use this like to different degrees. Um, we are not the technological industry like mm -hmm. at all. Um, like they're be using like this to like extreme like cool fancy degrees. We're not doing that. Um, but we do need to be aware of what it is, and so we can like make like those policies that you mentioned, like what uses yeah. um, does it have. So like based on the bare bones, it's just like hey, this. If you think about our like Chat GPT, for instance, if you think about it less of a computer program and more of just like hey, this is a really knowledgeable consultant that can do a lot of work, and you change that framework in your mind, it's easier to use the tool. So for instance, I can like go to Chat GPT and say like hey. Um, I am receiving, like, I need to write a job description for a line cook. Please write a job description for a line cook. And it will, like, in, like, five seconds spit out, oh, hey, like, very basic, very broad, because that prompt I just told you is just, please write a job description for a line cook. And So it's just, like, making our lives a little easier. Yeah, so it kind of it tries to eliminate, I was getting into the details here, I'm sorry, <laughs> I love details, but, like, it tries to, it's a good tool to use to eliminate some of that busy work that mm -hmm. we tend to get bogged down with so easily. Right. Here comes one of the first uh, bad cop moments. Oh. So, <laughs> hey, bad cop, cautious cop, whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, with writing these job descriptions, uh, like David previously mentioned, it learns, the AI is learning based off of the information that people are putting on the internet and people are inherently biased whether they want to be or not. So, you know, overall, he might be saying, hey, write me a job description for a plumber. And since, you know, the majority of plumbers are male, mm. it might make the language in the job description biased towards men that when women look at it, they'll think, oh, this isn't for me. When in fact, I it's could be a plumber. For... Exactly. Isabella could be a plumber. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she wouldn't want to be, but she could be. <laughs> but yeah, so like you definitely have to watch for like bias when you're using job descriptions like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned that because, okay, this is going, like, details, but you had mentioned, like, you, uh, by, it's biased, like, to maybe probably use, like, gendered language. There's mm -hmm. other AI programs to, like, de-gender those pronouns. Um, I thought, you know, just good cop coming in with, like, defense of, like, hey, it's actually cool, so back off. Like, <laughs> that's all good. Um, yeah, no, it was a really interesting point about, like, biases. Like, bias is a huge, huge thing yeah, that we're going to be be aware of yeah yeah for sure awesome so my next question for you guys is we had alumni in the classroom a couple weeks ago yeah it felt like forever ago now though <laughs> <laughs> but we did get the opportunity to talk with some pretty intelligent HR professionals so my question for you guys is if you were in their shoes um, and writing policies regarding AI what would you have in mind yeah so we talked to a couple of di uh, different people. Um, one of the uh, people on our Zoom call with like those HR professionals, her name is uh, Kristen Berger um, for like Berger HR Solutions. And she, uh, yeah, she, she just like was really excited to talk about this topic because she was mentioning just like, hey, for the past like six to three months, you know, that's kind of dyslexia. Three to six months, there we go. Um, <laughs> Um, every single client that she's had in like every single industry from tech to hospitality to accounting to whatever every day has been like hey 
AI has been like, we've been hearing AI, do we need to make policies about it? What's going on? Um, so like in her situation, this is like an incredibly current thing and she was excited to share information, which was like so helpful for us. Um, so one of the things she was saying was just like going back to that biases, biases, biases or biases? I don't know. Biasi? Bias. Bias. These biases are like definitely something, and Elias, you touched on this a lot, we need to be, keep in mind of. Um, one of the things she mentioned was privacy, like information security. So like as an HR professional, she has access to all of like the employees' files. And like for her in particular, she probably had access to um, some information about like these other outside companies. So she has to be extra cautious about information she like puts into ChatGPT or whatever program. Because if your system like gets um, hacked or whatever, like all that information you put in is, 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 is out there. And like you want to create policies in such a way that like you are protecting your employees' information. Um, so I think that's definitely like the highest priority. Um, of like, hey, you know. You have a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that yeah no kidding. It's <laughs> a whole lot of information. And just to build off of that a little bit, um, and relating back to the first question a little bit, like one of the uses could also be, like you would be thinking the automation for like resume scanning. Like, you know, sometimes you're looking for like, like you know, the best words on like a resume. And like if some people have it, it might match it. But then you're also throwing out those people's information because you know ChatGPT is a website so you know it's collecting the information yeah. and you know with those data breaches just like David said you have to be careful about leaking that information some people put like their social security number on the resume it has their phone number it has their address it has all this information that could potentially get leaked and would be horrible for the business and the person whose information it was yeah it's yeah, information security is huge, and you, you, do people put their social security numbers on their resumes? That's what uh, we were told by, in the summit, I think people said, the, yeah. the alumni, it was alumni in the classroom, they were saying that some people put their social security on their resumes for whatever reason. Interesting. Like, All right, well, information security tip, please don't put your SSN <laughs> out there. Um, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> So that, I think that's like some of the policies, just like, hey, information, super huge. Please keep your information safe as best you can as an HR consultant, but also as an individual. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, great. Great, oh I, my gosh, dude. I loved all so, your guys' insights. Oh my gosh. So uh, Bella, for you, so like this is information that like we kind of know a little bit about, but it's just like in the hospitality industry, like it's a very like, sh not shallow industry, but like we're not gonna be using this to the extent of like other industries. Mm -hmm. But like based upon like some of the stuff we've talked about, and even in like your personal life, uh, like outside of work, like mm -hmm. how do you think you might be able to use, like based upon like this things we've talked about, use AI to help you in like your future career? Whether it's like you've worked at hotels, like right. I think you like, we mentioned the Four Seasons, was that? Yeah, I did yeah. work at the Four Seasons. Yeah, so just like, mm -hmm. if you were doing those jobs, like how could that help you out, you know? Right, so like you said before, um, how you, we can do those like tedious tasks using yeah. AI and ChatGPT and all that, the hospitality industry is super hands-on and you're not really thinking about like those back tasks that you have to do. So using AI would just be really helpful in those case scenarios where we're super busy and running all over the place to get like food for this person and drinks for this person. So I just think AI is just gonna go even farther in this industry and make our lives a whole lot easier. Yeah, 
Yeah, touching on the HR point, um, you know, the AI, you really can't replace the personnel with AI. Yeah, um, you can't. <laughs> how this AI is going to be is it's going to be used more as a tool. I mean, as you've seen, there's like these biases, these potential like data breach problems. Um, so really, AI, you know, can only be so good and, you know, humans can only be so good. So if you use them kind of as like a checking tool, um, you're going to avoid a lot of problems. It's going to help, you know, get results faster. Yeah. Um, I know also like another big thing that everybody's worried about is like just like plagiarism and stuff with AI. Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely that potential, but if you use the like ChatGPT to generate ideas, you know, it just gets your own brain thinking. Mm -hmm. um, you're not gonna necessarily copy it down. You can take a few of the ideas, put it in your own words, but then also build on it with what your thoughts are. Yeah. And that makes everything, you know, that that's what I just said about like getting results out faster, you know, you yeah. need to handle a problem, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even sometimes there are like, you can send out mass emails using AI like that and it just like automates your emails for you, even if you write them or it has like, you know, just simple stuff. You put in the information, it writes it all out for you stuff that's not as important just like those daily memos and if you use it like hand in hand it's definitely a great tool yeah so it's interesting that you mentioned like both of you guys mentioned like that that busy work like trying to use AI to like eliminate that the time that we spend doing those like sure they're important tasks but like mm -hmm. it takes a lot and it's interesting because like our industry labor is like one of like the highest costs it's the highest expense and I think as HR professionals, like if we can like create policies to train like our employees how to effectively use, like not just, oh, keep in mind like biases and all that stuff, but like how to use this program to be most effective in your position. Um, I think that's gonna be like also like really powerful. Um, and like, I know like this is from an HR perspective, but like there's, AI is already in our industry, like hotels, they have like- Check-in front desk. Check-in front desk. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for room service, they'll just like put in a little robot and he'll like, trundle along to uh, to your little, to your room. But like right there, when I had said like, oh, he'll trundle along, like that right there was like an example of that human bias. Um, and it's just like, we need to keep in, keep in, keep in mind for that as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think training's really important. Like creating those policies is gonna be like really, not just helpful, but like instrumental and vital. It's like as AI mm -hmm. becomes more and more and more just like prevalent, it's just like creating those policies, be like, hey guys, this is what it is, this is how to use it well. And then training those managers how to train their employees how to use it well. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and just like going forward, like you're not gonna stop the advancement of AI. Um, yeah, there's no way. Just gonna <laughs> whether, bigger, whether you yeah. wanna accept it or not, it's like you yeah. just have to like get with the times. So I think it's really important to at least have some sort of understanding of it. It's a basic one um, of just like AI and how to use it, how you can apply it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's just like, I know a lot of like the more technological like side of AI and like just seeing like the, not the limitations, but like trying to figure out how to use it effectively in our industry where it's more about that experience, that connection. Um, and like earlier we were talking about like hotels and just like how there's like this such a thing like service recovery. So it's really, if we mess up, like a, a, a computer program can't, oh, I'm so sorry, what happened? Let me fix that for you. Like that's might be helpful, but like honestly, what ends up happening best is just like if the guest feels, oh, this person sees me and cares about me, they wanna fix the problem, not just they're feeling obligated to because it's a computer program. Um, and I know like it's good for different things, like online, like 
internet providers have like talked to our AI chatbot, Bill. <laughs> um, that's great, but I want to talk to humans sometimes. And yeah. it's interesting. This might be going off topic, but like especially since the pandemic, um, for our industry, like labor has just been like super hard to find. Um, and like some companies are starting to use AI to like fill in those roles. And that has like really suffered like consumer like perspective on that company's reputation because like they're not receiving that like human human contact or experience um i know like for some hotels they had to stop doing like 24 hour like full service um, guest room service because they didn't have the people and that like using ai to like fill that role fill that hole is like cool but just like be careful that like ultimately we're in the hospitality service we're all about that human interaction, that that connection. Definitely, definitely. It's good to have that human interaction. Nothing and can replace that. <laughs> no. And you also have to remember, um, this technology is getting more advanced and it does learn from humans. So like, if there is a robot revolution coming on, <laughs> that's on us because we're the ones feeding it that information. Yeah. <laughs> Cover your butts, be nice to robots. Yeah. So I guess now we're going to uh, transfer into our conclusion um, wrap things up yeah guys great talking to you all about this uh, information and we talk a lot longer but yeah. unfortunately we're going to honor your time as well so guys thanks for joining us for a little bit about artificial intelligence Thank you so much for joining us today on this edition of HR from Hathaway Valley. So we're Tiki Talk, and if you remember, at the very beginning of this episode, we all greeted you with aloha. And as over the course of this podcast, over the last past hour, half hour, um, you might have like been noticing some themes about like, hey, artificial intelligence. But more than that, it's just like we're in the hospitality industry, and it's all about that that connection, that human interaction. And aloha is, is from Hawaii, and it means it can mean hello, it can also mean goodbye. Uh, we picked that, and we're Tiki Talk. And Tiki Talk, like Tiki like, torches, are for also from Hawaii. And like some like cool, just like trivia facts about this podcast and like our group is we used AI to make the name Tiki Talk. Um, we asked it like, hey, what are some like cool names related to like connection and hospitality? And like, oh, Tiki Talk, and a lot of others. But we had to purse through all that information, and we found one. Um, but like at the end of the day, uh, we're trying to be hospitality leaders in the world, in the midst of like an emerging new technology such as artificial intelligence, how it's just like kind of shaping a lot of these day-to-day -day interactions. And honestly, like the best way we can be hospitality leaders is still having and prioritizing that human interaction, whether it's with con customers or guests or even with employees or peers. Um, so those are my closing thoughts, guys. Do you have anything else to... Uh, to add on this cold November night. <laughs> yeah, so like I said before, I didn't know much about AI going into this, but I learned a lot from yeah. you guys. Thank you. Oh, of course. You <laughs> really good questions too, by the way. So like even, you ask really good questions. Thank you. My brain think a little bit today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really got me thinking for how I can apply these um, policies mm -hmm. regarding AI into my future career, because we're all gonna be hospitality leaders, hopefully one day. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for all that. Yeah, and, you know, just what David said earlier with uh, with how we got our name, that really, like, goes into what I want to just hammer down one last time is that AI can be great if it's used as a tool. Um, you know, we use it 
not to you know steal the idea but we used it to generate ideas and then you know we still had that personable element of choosing it at ourselves um, adding to it like yeah I said tiki talk but we still had to decide what we were gonna make tiki talk yeah. you know? what our vibe was gonna be absolutely we had the idea like generated with AI but overall it was still like it was just a helpful tool brought it together yeah yeah mm -hmm. of course of mm -hmm. course yeah and like tools like it's not going away and we need to know this stuff so hopefully you learned something thanks for joining us guys Thank and you. uh hopefully it's warmer where you guys are but it's cold here so yeah. friends thank you so much for joining us and without further ado aloha, aloha.